0: Welcome to the next episode of In China Between Meetings with your host Marian Danker, aka China Hustler. We talk about innovation, entrepreneurship and technology. This series of interviews supported by WeHustle, a Shanghai-based platform for innovation and growth. We help international and local teams succeed in China. Today we welcome Kapil Kane. Thank you very much for joining me. I know you're very busy and this is only half an hour you have. Uh, this week, really appreciate it. Kapil is uh, uh, has very interesting story, a uh, very interesting background, and you started your story in the U.S. Mm-hmm. So you get your master's degree in technical engineering yep. from Stanford University. Why did you move to China? Why you didn't stay there? Because that's the place to build startups, that's the place to start your career.
1: Uh, yeah, actually, you know, I uh, started my career in the U.S. I, uh, I was actually doing my uh, Ph.D. at uh, Stanford when I dropped out to join Apple. Mm. Uh, so in a way, it was a, an entrepreneurial kind of a decision uh, to join a small company at that time. I mean, not that small. We were, let's say, 2,000 people. I joined Apple to uh, design the very first dot screen. Um that later went into the iPhone. Uh, So, in a way, I did start uh, in the US, but I moved to China in 2007 when we were starting uh, to do uh, the unibody MacBook Airs. And as a a product designer, we, at that time, thought it was better to move a few designers uh, in China to be close to manufacturing. And so I was one of the first few engineers were moved to
0: China. So that's so how I ended up being in China. How did it happen? Is it a decision of the company or you proactively asked for that? And no, no,
1: no, I think uh, our company decided that we needed some engineers here, the, especially you know the product design engineers and uh, a few of uh, uh, us friends moved here hmm. uh, because we were coming to China um, you know, every month for uh, prototype bills and production bills uh, and we were so much used to being here and it was uh, uh uh china was growing at the time uh very exciting place to be mm-hmm. and so it was uh, uh we thought it was uh, great to be a part of this uh, new growth that was happening in china so it wasn't
0: a hard decision for you to move to china so you had already a couple of, of uh, visits probably uh, not experience. couple like you know
1: maybe tens of visits oh, okay. yeah so we we are pretty you know uh, used to being in china but it was not living in china though uh, we were being ferried around in cars between factories and hotels and mm-hmm. uh, we would get around the town uh, but it was not uh, like a complete new mm-hmm. place for us yeah mm-hmm.
0: so what was your experience with Apple what did you learn there and uh, how many years did you spend then actually why did you leave Apple because it feels like a good company to sit yeah. around
1: uh, you know so um, I was with Apple for close to like eight or nine years uh, I uh, what did i learn i think uh, a few things i learned is you know how to uh, be really really good in your trade uh, and that trade was uh, doing mechanical design uh, debugging all the problems going to the very depth of it uh, being great at building any kinds of products uh, for consumer electronics uh, your depth of skill you you develop at a place like apple is is amazing and uh, you are always being uh, mentored or driven by uh, some of the greatest uh, uh, engineers and designers like Jonathan Ive uh, working with them closely uh, really understand standing you know uh, what it is like to build uh, the best product you can ever build so uh, that was a great learning uh, in also in terms of uh, developing uh, like the technical skills, and there's like you know people may not teach you everything how to do. They will just tell you what needs to be done, and you right. have to go and figure out how to get it done, which was super exciting. Also, uh, you develop amazing skill of problem solving, um, and problem solving under very high pressure. Um, uh, and you know it's 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 such a great place to be. You know close to manufacturing. Uh, to test out your new designs and getting them uh, the built and prototype almost like in real time. Right? Wow. In China, you can get anything done uh, in no time. Right. Uh, and, and so the learning was immense uh, during those uh, years, especially you know, in mean, my time in the U.S., I got to um, know the basics of design. And when I was in China, I got to understand how really manufacturing works. Um, uh, why I left Apple, um, uh, I was getting really, really good at doing, you know, what I was doing, which was, uh, mechanical design of, uh, consumer electronic product, um, but there was, uh, um, uh, you know, like not too much breadth in the development, uh, okay. in terms of, uh, the different, uh, topics, uh, I could understand, um and you are always focused on that one thing and and getting really good. Uh, And most of you know, like so I did like the the iPod, MacBook Air, uh, iPad one, iPad two, and they were very, very similar. Uh, I think you can go to the right. They're very, very similar in terms of like, you know, the processes you use, the manufacturing technologies you use, and you just keep honing that one skill. And so I thought it was time to, do something more, uh,
0: learn more uh, bread in terms of uh, what is possible. Yeah. And after you left Apple, so you stayed in China, you didn't want it to come back to the US probably or maybe at some other countries?
1: Mm, yeah, I, I stayed here. Uh, you know, at that time um, I was, uh, you know, dating my current wife, mm-hmm. and so, you know, I think um, it was a better place to be. Mm-hmm. Um, also, I, I you know I felt like Shanghai was like you know such an amazing place to live uh, in terms of like you know conveniences in terms of standard of living uh, safety for you and your family so I think it was not a very hard decision to uh,
0: just stay back in Shanghai Um, yeah how did you um, come up with the idea or was basically the plan to to keep growing in this direction right and to 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 be in this industry and uh, how did you end up in intel and what did you do in the first place when you joined them yeah so um
1: so after you know uh doing two um, ipads uh, the first and the second ipad i joined intel to design the the the, the an education tablet uh, so at the time intel is to uh design have this like what do you call it? A product line called Classmate PC, and this was um, you know based on one laptop per child concept from MIT's Media Lab, where uh, we created um, a custom-built education PC for uh, for emerging markets. And after uh, the success of iPad, uh, even the emerging market wanted a a tablet for for education. And that's what I came uh, to Intel to help design uh, the the education version of the tablet. And um, at Intel, I could do much more than mechanical design. Mm -hmm. I I could do the complete architecture, both software, hardware, uh, bring in new technologies. And and this opened me up to different kinds of technologies out there. I think if I had stayed at Apple, I would have just gone deeper and deeper mm-hmm. and deeper in that uh, one field of uh, of designing like physical products. Uh, and Intel was like a, a completely new learning experience for me. It's, uh, you know, we, I got to learn how uh, the microprocessors work, how uh, a motherboard works, how electronics uh, work, whereas at uh, Apple, I was, I knew how to build like, you know, consumer electronic products, but I didn't know how actually, you know, they worked on the,
0: uh, on the inside. Yeah. Right. So you spent a couple of years learning stuff, right? And then probably, I think you start thinking about the corporate innovation mm-hmm. more. And uh, after five years being with Intel, you co-founded X. Right. Yeah. yeah. So what was the story behind the growth?
1: So, uh, you know, so this, um, the education product line, although the the design, the technology, technical work all happened in China, Mm -hmm. um, our, uh, the decision making happened in the headquarters in the U.S. So I was finding it difficult to get new innovative ideas into our products, you know, as all uh, corporates face this problem of being uh, away from their headquarters in a different geo, uh, getting those ideas from Geo back into HQ is a struggle. Um, and I saw that struggle as well firsthand. Um, I think uh, after like you know, three or four years of uh, being in this role, I was getting a little frustrated about not being able to implement mm-hmm. um, uh, the, the new ideas. Um, and I was looking for something else to do. And um, I was uh, recommended to this new role that uh, Intel China... Uh, President office and corporate strategy was uh, creating to uh, to streamline innovation for I- Intel China because Intel China is a pretty big organization. We have 10,000 employees, mm. and innovation at that time was happening very ad hoc and um, uh, grassroots level, and they wanted to uh, figure out a way to streamline this. And uh, I-, I took that uh, role uh, because you know I had seen how. Um, like like labs, technical labs were or R& d uh, small r ds were struggling to get their ideas off the ground, not off the ground, but you know uh, we're very good at creating technology but not necessarily business applications and I thought it would be a great way to um, create a program um, uh, to help uh, all these um, employees in China. Uh, mm-hmm. but at that time it was not Growth acts, you know it was called, Uh, simply ideas to reality. This is where uh, you help uh, employees turn their ideas into reality by giving them the resources they need. Mm -hmm. And over the years the program has evolved and now uh, it's called GrowthX, uh, which is more focused on growing uh, the business for Intel.
0: So you focus only on the businesses that has potential cooperation collaboration with Intel yeah. in the long run. I
1: think yeah. So our accelerator is, is quite different. Uh, it's not. Uh, it has innovators both from inside as well as outside of Intel. Uh, we opened up the accelerator to external startups uh, uh, starting last year mm-hmm. uh, for in the batch nine. So for the first eight batches, and we do two batches a year. We're focused on internal innovations. Uh, but, uh, yeah, for the last two batches, we also opened it up to external innovations. Uh, but the goal here is not um, like a typical, like not like a China accelerator where, you know, you take equity. And uh, the, the goal here is to create uh, new business proofs of concept uh, where the startups and Intel work together to grow each other.
0: Can you please give more details uh, about the accelerator itself? Uh, how, how, how long does it run and uh, so we had already eight batches so what yeah. is the structure uh, what uh, typical companies are looking for probably some of the listeners will be interested as sure. well to learn more about
1: uh, so we actually finished 10 batches we are recruiting for batch 11 now uh for the internal startups it's pretty simple um uh, they, they they their ideas are pretty much aligned with uh, the strategic direction intel is going in for external startups uh we are looking for startups who are building uh, they are uh, startups by using some of Intel's core technologies like, uh, uh, let's say, OpenVINO, 5G, Edge, uh, uh, AI, uh, new, uh, the future of cloud and data center, uh, one API, uh, anything you know where Intel uh, can grow our business in in, in new uh, market segments in new. Uh, use cases. That's, that's Those are the kinds of startups uh, we uh, want to work work with. So, uh, do you take the equity or not? No, no. It's not an equity program. It's a, um, it's a simple program where we will help you um, build a strong business case. Um, uh, we have um, the, the the batch has you know we do like eight sprints per batch. The batch runs for um, fourteen weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, 16 weeks actually, uh, and each um, we have eight sprints. Two weeks per sprint. Uh, by sprint, what we mean is we uh, we focus on one aspect of building a business. So we may start with uh, uh, the business model canvas for the first sprint. Then we'll go into uh, value proposition, how to validate your value propositions, and how to uh, build an MVP uh, to test different hypotheses. And um, uh, all the way to uh, doing financial modeling and business case and pitching that business case. Um, and how to pitch that business case to business leaders within Intel or even we are helping uh, some of the startups to go raise their next round of funding. Uh, the idea here is you know, is that if we are able to help the startup grow in that particular uh, business they are creating with Intel at its core we will grow with them as well, so that's that's our idea of running this accelerator and for internal uh, employees what we want to do is we want to uh, give them enough uh, business case and traction uh, for it to become uh, an actual Intel roadmap product. Mm -hmm. So that's the goal of our
0: accelerator. Are there any uh, similar programs outside of China within Intel?
1: Uh, yes, you know uh, Intel has uh, Intel Ignite. Um, mm-hmm. It's uh, it started in Israel and now um, uh, I think they they've done three batches. Uh, no, actually they're doing the third batch. Um, and uh, they have locations in Israel, um, in uh, Austin, Texas, and I think you know, one one location in in Germany. They exclusively work with the startups. Uh, they help startups grow. They help startups. Uh, 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 with uh, with mentorship, with connections, uh, both uh, with the industry uh, experts as well as uh, to raise the the next round of funding. That's what Intel Ignite does. Um, then we have um, a program. We have an uh, like a, a a global incubator program mm-hmm. for employees uh, in in the Silicon Valley, uh, where we are looking at. Uh, building the next billion dollar businesses so this is focusing on on a long-term business incubation whereas growth x focuses on a uh, shorter term like you know something that can pan out in uh, 12 to 18 months um, we are driven by uh, the n- the new incremental revenues we create for intel uh, whereas let's say the uh, the intel global incubator it looks at a it's a longer term view about Mm -hmm. they're incubating we are
0: accelerating right so after all the it's already 10 batches right like you Mm -hmm. mentioned what are the common challenges uh, the startups have when it comes to basically working with the uh, big company like intel
1: you know the the so one of the things we have figured out you know the uh, a lot of times if you Uh, Just create a startup acceleration program, right? And if you're not not able to resource uh, a team of champions within the corporate, uh, then that relationship between the startup is very superficial. Mm -hmm. They can't get a lot of things done. So what we've done uh, with our program is that uh, each startup that works with us, we have people within intel within different business units um, that actively help these guys uh, get the help they need uh, so that uh, they're not always fighting to get uh, to the right people in the organization, right? Also, uh, other thing you need to see uh, is that uh, where is this program uh, or the accelerator run under? Is it under like a marketing team or is it run Mm -hmm. through like, you know, through uh, like a business unit, strategy team. Where does it? Where does this program like reside? Right. It also tells you um, how close they are to the businesses as well. Um, so those are the two things I see. You know, is is finding the right people um, and having the right authority to make decisions. Um, and I think startups should be uh, should should do it a bit due diligence uh, on the accelerator on the program on the partnership with corporates uh, before they go and spend a lot of uh, time and resources on that partnership right because you don't want uh, you have limited time and resource to grow right. and you need to make sure that this this partnerships you make uh, are real and it's not just you know some kind of a like a pr stunt from the from the
0: corporate Going deeper on the second point, mm-hmm. right, about the authority, about the department mm-hmm. who is actually taking mm-hmm. lead for, for the program. So what do you think is the the best department, um, if you can basically, you know, just say this department would be the, the better choice for startups to, to take this program? Is it uh, marketing, like you said, is it the unit?
1: Yeah, so I think the definitely, you know, you need to avoid the programs that are funded just through marketing. Uh, you know, there are a lot of... The so-called accelerators, uh, which are almost run like an event, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think there, I think you, there can be some value from there. Um, uh, for example, you may be able to meet people, but um, you know, I think uh, their KPIs are different. You know, their KPIs are maybe um, you know the attendance, uh, <clears throat> the, the impressions in the media. It might help you in a way. Uh, if you are looking for that exposure, but it may not help you actually uh, get a, a real uh, business deal with the with that corporate, or uh, or maybe the uh, the support you need from that corporate in in actually growing the business, right? Um, I think so. Um, you also need to look at uh, where where does this accelerator reside? Does it reside? Um in a you know, let's say like a innovation center, a lot of times, you know this innovation, even the innovation center, you need to look at who is running this, mm. what is their background? Do they really understand innovation? Were they just running some marketing department and then they became like the one running the innovation center? So I think we need to do a little bit of diligence on on, on this uh, the corporate innovation uh, departments or innovation centers or accelerators you work with. Uh, in the end it's all about the people, you know. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. Uh so as uh, let's say investors do, do due diligence on the startups, in the startups also need to do due diligence on on the uh on the corporates they they work with. Yeah.
0: What are your KPIs? How do uh, you measure the success of your program?
1: So um Number one KPI is the, the incremental revenue that we drive for Intel, that's the, the biggest KPI. Um, uh, for our employees, we also look at the employee development. Uh, what we've seen is that um, the employees who have gone through our accelerator are um, have fared much better, like in some cases, uh, on an average one and a half to six times better than the other employees in terms of... Uh, Climbing the corporate ladder. So that's another KPI. We look at the uh, people development, and finally, we also look at the uh, the, the innovation, thought leadership uh, that we drive in the ecosystem as well. Uh, but the the biggest KPI is definitely you know uh, the the incremental revenue we drive for for Intel.
0: Yeah. Um- you are the only foreigner in this uh, incubator or you have other foreigners working with you in the team?
1: Um, you know, so we work very closely with Xnode, right? So Xnode is the one who helps us run the accelerator and it's a mix of Chinese and and uh, uh, like non-Chinese people. It's a pretty good mix,
0: yeah. So we, you've been doing this for four years already, mm-hmm. right? And uh, in the first place, why do you think um, the company actually gives you the opportunity to run the corporate exploration program in China as the foreigner, uh, even if you probably speak a mm-hmm. decent level of Chinese and understand the culture differences, and you've been here for five, ten years. Mm-hmm. Um, but still, uh, when it comes to um, growing, building business, and mm-hmm. at this level, working for the huge company, usually they give the pre- preference to the local people, and it makes sense. So, why do you think you just got lucky, or you had something? No, I think. Uh, that they
1: no i think uh the thing was you know so we started mostly with uh internal facing program right so this was uh this was about uh helping our employees uh turn their ideas into business so it was very internal focused um and uh it was not about you know it was not so this is not a program to uh as a face of the company to the external people right it it kind of naturally evolved Uh, to include people in the open ecosystem. Uh, But also, you know, uh, we have a program that has um, like more of a government outreach, more of like, you know, uh, the broader ecosystem outreach uh, run uh, by, you know, uh, local people. Uh, But in the end, you know, Intel is an MNC, right? And our goal is to, uh, is more focused inwards, it's not about... uh, about working with the let's say it was it's not about um, um, on our own trying to uh, work with the Chinese ecosystem in general. But our our goal, like I said, is about creating incremental revenues for Intel. So in the end, everyone has to the startups have to work with Intel. We are not here to let's say uh, with the primary goal of introducing. The startups to the Chinese investors per right. se, right? So it's still very much focused on Intel things coming into Intel. Uh, so it doesn't matter, you know, uh, who runs this uh, program, uh, is a Chinese or non-Chinese. That that doesn't
0: matter at all. Yeah. Great. And the last question before I let you go to your next meeting: What is innovation for you? How do you define it?
1: You know. Um, being from a tech company right I uh, people a lot of time confuse um, innovation with invention right?
0: right
1: so so invention is something uh, that you uh, create that never existed before you know like uh, inventing a transistor in a lab you may or may not get a patent for it uh, and that's an invention um, But innovation is doesn't necessarily creating something new. Uh, Innovation is uh, using something that maybe already exists in in one area and then applying it to a completely different area to unlock new values for your uh, uh, users or customers. And uh, I think another key thing about innovation is that the the value you create is uh, you can get paid for that, right? Otherwise, it's not really like innovation. You know, like if you just create something cool and give it to someone, but they don't value it as much, they'll take it if it's free, but they're not willing to put their uh, you know, hands in their pocket to pay. It's not, not really an innovation. It's not a sustainable innovation. So I think innovation, um, bringing value, solving people's challenges, not necessarily you don't need to create something new. Uh, you can use something existing in a, a new innovative way, and I think the last is that you know that innovation also um, uh, needs to uh, bring revenues to your, you know, your startup um, for bringing that value. That that's the ultimate uh, indicator if people value what you uh, or someone values, you know, what what you're doing.
0: Thank you very much thank you very much for your time for your yeah, sharing yeah, it welcome. was a pleasure to have you and i really learned a lot myself thank you for that cool uh yeah that, and you
1: know thanks thanks for you know like uh being um our ecosystem partner helping us uh uh us reach out to the startups in the community uh
0: it's uh it's a great help yeah. thank you yeah that was in china between meeting with kapil kane thank you for listening please do subscribe to our wechat and youtube channel leave a comment and like and stay tuned for the next episode.